Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Talk Architecture and another interview special. And I'm so excited to have uh, um, Associate Professor Architect um, Chia Kok Meng from the National University of Singapore. Um, I've known him for some time a contemporary in terms of an in the academic world. And a bit about um, Kok Ming. I call Kok Ming, yeah? Hi, 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 everybody there. Hi, hi Kok Ming, thanks again hi. for coming. And um, a bit on him. Um, he's also um, the assistant dean at the College of Design and Engineering of NUS. And he has a lot of awards and on teaching excellence. Oh, I like I like you already, you know. And okay, thanks. <laughs> and a good start. Got a good start. And uh, you uh, and mentoring his younger peers. His um, I know him through uh, Kevin Matlow, uh, who is kind of famous in this talk architecture podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, Kotming and I, we also were the external examiners for Taylor's. University um, a few years ago. And Kok Meng leads a studio at sophomore and MARC level. And this is, a, I like to start with this, Kok Meng. The first question is based on your bio data, which you, it is quoted as a design educator. Mm -hmm. Believe in designing the problem statement that has little or no precedent. Solutions. The aim is to get students to understand the issues and be able to ask the beautiful question to direct their ideations and actions. So I've been inviting you, and you had graciously attended a lot of our design thesis crits and interim crits, especially that I've recalled. Um, obviously, the Petaling Jaya Old Town, remember, and all this. Yeah, um, yeah. And of course, from your back. <laughs> your own uh, because that was during the lockdown so there's a lot of uh, yeah. Zoom online teaching and interactions so um, uh, based on your understanding or why do you quote this you know uh, based on your experience why is it that you know it's best that the student come up with a beautiful question when they're dealing with the design thesis for example I, I think I think First of all, I think um, maybe you all know that the the studio and is the bulk of the design education kind of a learning format, and there are many kinds of design problems that we we sort of um, scope for the students, right? Depending, it all depends on on the learning objective. I mean, if if it is about a kind of a practice oriented agenda then i suppose we will dish out um complicated i mean not complicated uh, uh social building community building commercial building it's a kind of design problem for students to deal with the complexity of it and, and you may have a taste of of what practice is about and we preparing them for industry but I, I i tend to see uh design education in a in a larger way that's uh, slightly beyond defining, giving students a very defined or, or, or a known problem. I think 
what's important is that my, my fear actually is that when you give them a known problem, there is always a known solution. Yeah. And then some students will short circuit the whole process of learning yeah. by just adopting the known solution and, and starts to tweak um, superficially the form, right? And the treatment of, 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 of plans on, on the on the known on the known solution and, and, and pass it off as their um as their solution for, for the design. So, so this is something that I'm I'm really um against because I think students need to know and know the fundamental issues of uh, research, be research informed to begin to understand the crux of the problem and, the, and, and how that problem is, is really made up of interrelated issues coming into to make, to make that problem uh, in existence. So I think that's, that's the important thing. We're, we're getting students to do that research, getting students to do that survey, getting students to go out to the site, getting students to talk to the people, getting students to to find out from the manufacturer or even read up science or the technology or certain uh, things they intend to deploy as, as a way of understanding exactly what is that problem. And some problem that exists on its own, it doesn't exist without finding out. So by finding out, they actually seek the problem and it could really define the problem. With, with a way of defining the problem, I suppose they could really set up a series of objectives. Okay, what, how, how do I go about Solving now that I know this problem exists in certain ways and its constituents that makes up the problem now. How do I deal with it systematically? I think this is this is the thing that, that I'm trying to get them onto the kind of platform so that so that the the first thing, of course, there is no precedence in that no no complete intact precedence. There will be in, in precedence in bits and pieces, which they only need to consult, but there's none in a in a in a in the in intact full way. And, and they will have to be, of course, understanding the problem, then they, they create the solution. And the outcome of it, to me, it's a, it would be or may be an unprecedented solution. And that's important. And it's really good. They've gone through an informed or research-informed process that leads to just solution. I think that's, to me, is a, is a very important aspect of, of design learning. I mean, in Kevin's words, I mean, they, they contend and form as a relationship, yeah, yeah, we we I re, we recall that, and we have discussed in this podcast about content versus form, or content and content and form. And um, as you recall, we, when we did the Talingjaya Old Town, for example, Raymond's Market, mm. the one where he he also has a, a farm, urban an urban farm, farm yeah, and a market, sort of yeah. farm up there. So he actually um, defined the problem that the market typology could be expanded because of the needs of today or something like that, making an example that it could be self-sufficient. He, he added those problems, but he had to deal with the fundamental problems of the contextual aspects of the site, what yeah. the community need at a time, linking to the library yeah. project, uh, uh, which is on a bus terminal. Remember that there was... Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Those are very unique. Unique cases whereby students, I mean, probe into a very specific site and even community needs, you know, and 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 they and they solve, and then this in a way generates an understanding of what would be the best kind of uh, solution to stitch up the gap in the in the kind of uh, urban urban condition, right? This is exactly what I mean. You know? Yeah, I, I, and then I, I, in, in in achieving it, I mean, you you will see there's a hybrid of ideas. The hybrid ideas includes, like, for example, in the, in the case of market. 
there is a conventional market. And then, of course, what is not conventional is, is a, a vertical farm, right? A vertical urban farm yeah. where, where it exists, of course, different format elsewhere. But to contextualize that in the context of PJ, in the context with, with, the, with a community market, then the dynamics are very different. This is where the inventiveness of students is being demanded, right? And, and, the, and the demand really comes from, uh, I mean, the, the, the reaction to the demand really comes from an understanding of, of each constituent of the problem and each constituent of, of a solution that, that, could be, that could be adopted and to be hybridized in this case. So it's exactly what I, what I mean by, by um, setting a problem with no immediate known solution. Yeah, for, for, the listeners, uh, for the listeners out there, I did interview Raymond Boo on the market before. You can scroll the Talk Architecture podcast and listen to the interview that I had with Raymond. And um, I think that also we're going to this, the question I wanted to ask earlier on design problems in architecture design courses in architecture school as compared to design problems in architecture practice, uh, is it um, what are the main difference? So we we actually starting this this discussion um, because of course in architecture practice it's a limitation of time and short circuiting something is being um, uh, what do you call it uh, encouraged because you uh, you need to go and present to the client with deadlines uh, in mind. Uh, that is shorter than where, what you can explore in architecture school, where you, um, as you can uh, mentioned just now, uh, defining um, the problem uh, and how you can, you can hybridize later, and the student can set off in a tangent on their own because they they at first we were guiding them, later they 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 they, they became their own client, so to speak, you know, in a way that yeah, they yeah. empathize. So, so what, what do you think about this, the question of um, the difference between tackling a design problem in school compared to in practice? And why do we need to get graduates well-equipped for the challenge of practice? But, but, in the, but we do it differently in school. When they go into practice, they're sort of equipped somehow to deal with what is it exactly the, the, the formula that we're doing in school that, that makes them equipped. I mean, if, if you want to answer that way as well, you know, or do you think? Um, I mean, I think fundamentally the way we design problems uh, in studio, there are, I mean, what's important is, is what is the learning outcome that we want to define? I mean, I understand that the Malaysian schools are very uh, practice-oriented, right? And, and which means that it's so important that students acquire a set of skills. And in a way, I mean, in a way, the studios are designed it all deals with building types right year one the typology of a dwelling and then second year community projects and then probably uh, cultural buildings and of course leading on to a high rise which could be commercial so so there is this um building our scale as well as building our complexity of typology i mean the intent is very clear the intent of course is that students exposed to the kind of common common typologies that's available in market that architectural practice uh, will engage in right so 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 students get a taste of how do you plan such buildings or or how does this building sit on local context dealing with the bylaws dealing with with the uh, terrain etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean so so those are very clear kind of um, the outcomes in which 
really really prepare students well so that when they go to our internship or the year and eventually of course graduating there, there is a there is a sort of a smooth transition from from knowing how this work into an industry whereby they are not, not in it for a cultural shock. I mean things are really familiar to them. So this is one form of I guess uh problem defining that really uh has a certain seamless connectivity uh, with the industry. But then there are also other kind of studio projects that that are what I call very forecast based uh in the sense that you are what of course this ties in with the first question you asked me about unprecedented solution. So this is where forecast based in the sense that you, you get students to uh making projection and speculations into the future. I mean uh this this could deal with issues like uh what happens if there's uh, that say, for example, a certain township could produce 100% of food, say eggs or say vegetables. What does that mean in terms of land use? What does that mean in terms of uh, integration of arms with, with the city, etc.? I mean, things that hasn't happened, but that projection is 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 really important to to in a way at many levels. One level, of course, getting students to understand those issues and getting students to become inventive, and also at the same time, the outcome. The outcome, the speculation, the forecast, or the outcome in which the problem is being addressed in a kind of speculated form, uh, will lead a very interesting discussion with various stakeholders, the stakeholders of town planners, the stakeholders of even just people living in the in the township, and, and even with farmers, you know, where, where they could come in and, and have discussion. And architects has a, has that of course the ability to visualize, you know, a vision and vision what that means. And and of course when the stakeholders comes in. It could raise interesting issues. If, if this is this is where we want to head to, what do we need to do now? Uh, it's kind of a reflective thing. Are, are we in a position now to be ready for that journey into that into the future in which we can produce hundred percent of our of our food amongst our housing, right? So, so this is the kind of uh, I guess problem determining that there is there is um, I mean in a way a look into a crystal ball in the future. Uh, and and I think architects, architecture students have the ability to 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 do that crystal balling in, in an informed and in, in critical and intellectual way that certainly brings a certain a value to our intellectual discussion concerning um, stewardship environments, concerning stakeholders, uh, uh, livelihood in the future. I mean, this this is what I mean that that uh, the different kinds of of, of problem mining that that could. Okay, this is not really technical uh, solution, but this um, have the students will have to read a lot, obviously, uh, knowing about um, just for example planning. You know um, what is happening in our region, for example, in Southeast Asia, and how does um, the situation with Singapore, for example, if it was based, if is the question come to climate change, for example, and what happens if um, if the water level is getting higher and what, what are our strategies? So it becomes strategic planning, it becomes physical planning, yep. urban design. So the solution yep. becomes in a bigger scale, a massive scale. So the students um, will need to read a lot on uh, some interdisciplinary subjects, yeah? Uh, and and uh, then you you said bringing in the town planners, bringing in um, other interested parties, and mm. the focus is on architecture students and 
The focus is on National University of Singapore architecture students. What is the sort of students, I mean, the students that, you know, able to engage such discussion, um, you're looking at outward, outwardly where this, the, the, the architect, you're looking at an architect um, graduating from, from NUS is able to engage with uh, planning, planning issues. So there is no discussion about, oh, we cannot engage in planning because we're not planning students or no, you know, that, that sort of you, you, this is the tone that you set up and it is intentional that students, every single student in the NUS uh, will need to deal with at this level of uh, speculation of the future, is it? I mean, uh, yes, I, I would say when we reach the final year, fourth and fifth year, um, because when, when you say that students do research, um, it's it's a collaborative effort between between the uh, the uh, educators and teachers. The educators set the the kind of a learning framework, uh, design the platform, the scaffold. Sometimes in collaboration with uh, certain parties, and these parties could be planning agencies. These parties could be national parks. These parties could be water board. I mean, water agency as a way of looking at specific kind of. Uh, uh, future projection and and to see what it means um, in thirty years time, fifty years time. I mean, this is important because the the, the skill sets that architects have, of course, one of course is as we have mentioned, go to the industry and 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 serve the industry. The other skill sets, I think, is is it's kind of broader, which is important in the sense that it it gives them. It's I would say it's a kind of life skills, uh, a set of life skills that allow them to to think in a strategic way to to. To to ability to learn how to learn, I mean, I mean, I guess all architects are trained. I mean, in the sense that you get a brief, another brief comes along that could be very diverse, and your job is really to 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 learn and find a way to to understand new uh, topic. Uh, how do you frame the topic, and, and within that that short time, uh, how how do you begin to have a great insight about topic and the kind of problems that that, that, that the stakeholders are, are are facing, and then and then of course to develop the. The, the, the solution leading that. So, so in this case, we are um, cultivating that that kind of skill sets, right? Ability to 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 ask questions, the ability to talk to them, the ability to conduct interview and survey. I mean, in a in a guided way, so that so that when when they are out there, at least not just in the practice, but they may want to redefine their career, uh, different kind of. Uh, creative practice they want to go into at least there is a framework for them to set up to think how do I begin this how who, who are my clients how do I strategize uh, how do I make projections about future and, and and how my career or how my this practice is going to is going to be steered towards I think I think this is where we are looking at the kind of broader life skills that we think uh, uh, a student should have and it's within uh, within the framework of architectural education what we can provide them so that so that it's not just the student, but, but what they they produce, what they offer. It is not just a, it's not just what we call it learner centric, but there's a value to a larger ecology. So in 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 this example, I just say the larger ecology, of course, are the stakeholders, are the agencies, are the uh, are the uh, I suppose the planners and other and, and 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 the topic itself and the topic under investigation itself gets. A mileage in covering new grounds. So this is this is what I think this this is the uh, I guess the value of of inculcate, inculcating this this form of uh, 
problem uh, defining and uh, where the solution is a speculation, an informed speculation, maybe if I were to be uh, yes, detailed yes. about it. Informed speculation, there may be some readings, there may be some exposure to economists. But it is it is a work together. It is like, like sure that the, the leadership here is largely driven by the by the supervisors. I use the word S in the sense that you know they come together and, and, and the collaboration that, that sets I said that sets the resources, that sets the learning framework, that sets the accessibility to some resources, information, uh, some building visit, right? In, in that case, and also uh, some means of bringing expert in to to give students a kind of broad, comprehensive understanding of the issues involved to equip the students. That's so the kind is, of. Uh, yeah. This is a design thesis project. Uh, this could take place in fourth year as a as a kind of uh, what we have is called option studio. Okay, maybe just to give uh, a framework. I mean, the first three years uh, is really about like like part one where the students are equipped uh, with fundamental uh, design skills. Uh, so that by the time third year, second semester, they could design a simple building, right? A, a simple kind of a small community building, you know, able to resolve how it, how it works and contextual planning and all that. So fourth year is, is whereby they are, they are given an exposure to, I mean, some people call it units, but we call it option studio. Each, each studio has a certain uh, thematic first, right? It, it could be looking at food security. It could be, Looking at some projects in in in, in overseas in 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 Jakarta or in China, all, all certain ideas, certain ideas, how certain ideas, the ideas of say for example, uh, uh sharing cities or the ideas of what makes a hybrid building. These these are the exploration. Uh, the the purpose of exploration really to equip students with a kind of uh, um that kind of problem defining skills and uh and the research informed. Uh, cap capability to to lead a, 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 a thesis inquiry when they move on to their fifth year. So you could see there's a relationship between the way the fourth year is scoped leading on to the fifth year. Fifth year is generally what how is fifth year done in NUS? Fifth year is I think I think like like most architectural school is is the uh, is the final thesis where they, they, they spend uh, a semester doing the research and then one semester in executing the, the project itself. In a, in a broad way. So what's the main difference between what you've seen in University of Malaya and what, what you have in NUS? Is that there's uh, I suppose strengths. I, mean, I, I, I see in, in uh, well, I see in UM, I see in Taylor's, I see in UCSI. They, 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 they follow a very tight kind of a framework prescribed by Lambaga, right? So, so I see the advantage in the sense that uh, once they reach the fifth year, the set of points are, are really uh, strong and technical, technically sound, uh, with the setbacks and the regulatory uh, compliance all, all in. Um, and in, in an open market, in a competitive market like that, I mean, uh, these graduates certainly have a place, I mean, at least in Singapore, we sought after some of these graduates from Malaysia, right? In the sense that uh, from, from uh, the angle of uh, technical grounding uh, in terms of, in terms of, I mean, Knowing the different typology of building up, going up the scale to so off year, uh, these students are are very strong, right? In, in a sense, right? So, in, and if I'm looking for candidates who who could do um, speculative kind of uh, uh, endeavor, 
uh, or, or design as a form of research. Uh, then I'll be looking for, for students who have done speculative design, students who have uh, done such, you know, crystal balling, doing research and, and, and kind of a proposal that, that, that just like uh, I always remember this, this uh, MVRDV uh, uh, project called, called um, I think it's, it's about the Tower of Pigs, which they look into uh, if they will consume meat in the way they are consuming now, given the kind of space they have, they won't have space for enough for farm, the conventional farm. And, and farm needs to go, meat farm, livestock farm needs to go higher. And of course, of course the entire process is, is very well informed. The research, the, the need to create a stench radius so that, so that you know, housing doesn't get affected by the farm and all sorts of things. So, so it's all went in and then in the end, the, the result was that you, you want to consume meat the way you do. This is the power of uh, livestock buildings that you're going to have. Do you want it? Do you want to live with that? So it's provocative. It raises an issue, right? Either you you say, if you want it, okay, then how will you steer to it? If you don't want it, how are you going to cut down your meat or alternative to meat? So, so it raises interesting questions like that, which are very important. And then I think I think that the, the industry has, I mean, has many, has, has a demand for many skills. I mean, the clientele has also demand yeah. for many skill sets. I think uh, if the, in the spirit of learning, if in Malaysian schools, they were to do more speculative and research-based, uh, for example, like a, um, a, provo a provocative project, such as what you mentioned just now. Um, you know, um, if, if uh, you know, it's something that is to do with the learning environment or the, the accepted, accepted, um, I mean, obviously, you can't do this in practice because there are logistic thing, logistical things. But but you know, architecture started with illogical things in the past, you know, and now it seems that it's viable to to build them, you know. So they, they in a way, architecture education are dreams, uh, dreams dreaming up. Uh, in a way, but because the pragmatic side is also how much you want to pull the, the students' uh, pragmatism down, you know, how much how much you want to uh, the results to be pragmatic um, is because the, it's the spirit of learning, isn't it? How, how you could uh, agree to disagree with each other. I mean, this is what like the AA school did because there were different schools of thoughts was was uh, NUS okay i think it's fair if i were to ask you how in, in in architecture school if you have something like that where you allow also uh thinking or a strong theoretical base or a philosophical base in terms of the different attitudes in terms of how much dreaming can be done do you think that it would be successful in NUS? Is that a, a way to go? I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't call it dreaming in the sense because I think I think uh well if, if the way I see that there is a context, right? Uh the, the context of, of of NUS architectural education is such that it is situated with Singapore, right? Uh, uh, island state with no hinterland, uh with no natural resources, right? So 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 it also which means 
it also read it, it also has a broader definition of skill sets that architectural students need to have. Right. On one hand, you have the practical skill sets that could serve the industry. I mean, how do you get a project started? Knowing the bylaw, knowing the practice regulation, uh, you know, to, to facilitate the process. On the other hand, you also need to, especially in the context that we are in, to, to really make projections about what are threats to environment. Seawater rising are real. Because this, it, it could just take up a good percentage of a lot of usable land. Uh, food security is very real. But we, need, we only produce one quarter of our eggs, right? So, so there are real speculation of we can produce 100% of our vegetables and that will mean a kind of integration into the housing. Uh, water problem is so real. You and I know about it, right? Once in a while, we, 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 we get that. Uh, we get noose around our neck in, in, in a sense, right? So, so, so that's real. And, and, and that, that, that uh, is something that is true, that kind of speculations uh, the kind of informed speculations that that we have over the years create interesting models of um, water bodies that are not just um, for for a repository of water, but they are also doubled up as recreational ground. They also double up as a backdrop uh, in a housing estate that helps to boost the real estate of 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 housing. I mean, so these are experimentation that 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 did not just come out of the blue, but through, I guess, training of the minds and also uh, the context we are in, the kind of context we are in that we are, we are constantly making informed speculations that becomes a, a, a needed skill set uh, in our case, right? So, so context is, 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 is something that's driving us to, to think that such skill sets are essential, as essential as facilitating our mind in realizing uh, their dream. Yeah, constantly making informed speculation um, it's something new to, for me to think about because I'm thinking where do the NUS or Singaporean architect go to? Obviously, they will be absorbed by the Singapore architecture and construction industry or uh, as, as uh, teachers, uh, not only in Singapore, yeah. but I, I suppose that this, um, this sort of skills that you said that will make the difference in terms of employability, in terms of able to engage with international issues and be working as, as, as well. As well as, it's an interesting point, as well as even looking at their own life, because some of them will, 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 will begin to, well, to speculate and ask what if questions on their own architectural career and, and, and to, to reinvent possibilities. I mean, I have I have students that ask, okay, a set of architectural skills are, uh, if, if I were to expand creative practice uh, that is not your conventional, where, where else can I go? What else can I do that enable me to have a career um, that, that my, my sort of architectural training enable me to do? So I have interesting um, students who have gone into, for example, uh, gone into form of experience design where they take uh, what they learn in architecture in terms of spatial experience and, and, and kind of sequence of, of, of experience in, in, into designing events so that these events are not just a two-dimensional cluster with graphics but but there is a certain spatial quality in the way they lead the discussion so so they have a niche on their own and there are there are some who went into education early childhood education that 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 using design thinking as a selling point to to enable a young uh, a young person a young uh, young child to to develop certain life skills 
So they are also successful in that sense. So, 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 so in a way, we are giving them a, a, a kind of um, skill sets that which they can reimagine, uh, not in a wild way, but in a form, in an informed way, and in careful to speculate their own career. You know, what if I'm going to do that? What if I'm going to do that? All on the basis of what architectural education um, can for them as a, as a kind of a potential to, to, to move into allied uh, areas. Okay. So, so it is it is not just it's not just for the bigger picture that I was talking about, but it's also relevant for, for them to 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 look at alternative uh, career path without sacrificing the kind of education they get. Because uh well, this is something that is from me uh, my viewpoint, because I have students, uh, graduates uh, who come to Singapore to work or in China to China, and um and uh they seek out to to learn from different countries and to test themselves and challenge themselves. But I can see them fitting in in Singapore because of, like you said just now, the technical, te the more technically competent ones, and they flourished. And I, I've seen them. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, and they went back to Malaysia and they they become much better at uh, at uh, their own uh, com uh, set up their own companies and so on. Hmm. But. Because we only have about like seven minutes um, for our session. Oh, here. I'm flies. It's a it's I'm flies while I'm having fun. I would like uh, to for you to say something about the educators, um, the architectural educators, in the context of um, it is to do with um, the supervisors that you said just now in collaboration, mm, okay. collaborate with the students and that determine the framework of, you know, uh, how this, the graduates could be very self-sufficient and able to uh, create their own independent framework of how they're going to, their career paths or, you know, their, how they're going to um, be employable or, or, or to, to start a journey of, of, of being part of society which can serve society or uh, make a difference. So there has to be a certain sort of supervisor or you can't really say the institution can can create a person but that particular quality of the architectural educator that is uh that that exists uh, uh in in uh, schools in Singapore and in particular NUS so it is is does it start with the supervisor themselves being uh, on top or really busy with research themselves with, uh, you know, it's not one kind of um, practice. It's a practice that is celebrating research and oriented towards research because then the student, like a master apprentice, apprentice uh, sort of model, you know, it will rub on or it will, they will, they could actually um, know how to do it because their master or, um, quote unquote, um, supervisor has that attitude or that 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 uh, not only attitude but their way of working uh, and seeing things. Right? I mean, this is a Singaporean to me. This is a, a Singaporean um, exist existence. You know, it uh, it happens in Singapore. Um, I don't. I, I'm talking. I, I'm just. Asking because I, this is something new to me. That's why should the main supervisor for the design thesis be 
a supervisor that is from the industry in this interested in education? Do you have people coming from the industry rather than full-time staff in NUS? And uh, although the, the school, uh, the student is monitored by the school, but the main collaborator, if possible, could be an architect with a deep understanding of the design thesis or architecture education. What is your opinion on that? I, I think I think like most schools, even even uh, Malaysian schools and all that, uh, uh, supervisors we do have a mix of full time uh, academics as well as uh, part time uh, practitioners on board with us. I think I think it's not which is uh, relevant. I think it's more about more about the attributes of these supervisors that there is that's I to me is more important. So what are the attributes I'm talking about? I think I think first and foremost, I think that they they all have a certain design legality, right? In the sense that uh, they they could bring to the table or bring to the studio uh, a certain way of looking at design, helping uh, student to give students a certain framing, a certain kind of lens to to examine things, so that that in the context of thesis, uh, that that there is a starting point. Okay, where, 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 where is that platform that we're going to do this discussion? What, what, what are we going to examine? So I think that's 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 very important. A kind of design quality, a kind of lens in which students could could be guided to 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 see things or to understand the, the issues. And the second thing, of course, is that while I say that there is a certain framing, I think the openness to the openness and the receptiveness to see students' uh, uh, proposition, I think, is also important. So that so that it's like the the idea is not to say I I always have issue with master apprentice relationship because master apprentice relationship is always about do this do this there's this whole methodology from step one to step ten you know you do you do this but the question here is that sure at the end of the day the students could deliver the ten steps and there's a wonderful scheme my question is that have they learned have the students learned or they just learned the method but have they learned how to think on their own. Have they be given a framework to think rather than a method to do? So they end up do and end of the day is that so long you do this method, this is what you get. I mean to, to me, I think, I think what's important is, 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 is a, a kind of uh, mental ability, a kind of capacity, an intellectual capacity to, to, to think how to formulate. So anything throws at him or at her, they could deal with it and they could they could they could formulate an answer rather than to to follow a prescribed method, you know, in, 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 in a way, which is this is something that I'm always fearful of uh, in a master and apprentice relationship. Right. So so, so that's why I say the, the openness and receptive to the way students learn, the way students see things, and how as as a supervisor could facilitate that. I know if if, if there are if there are pitfall, how do you guide students out of pitfall? If there's the strength of a student, how do you build on the strength? And then that becomes very very important, right? So, so in a way, this leads to what what I call uh, it's a certain pedagogical appreciation, right? Uh, how students learn, right? You're not going to force upon the students, but you know, you, you you could understand this is the strength, this is the weakness. They can even know that you can even be knowing that what is the effectiveness of their learning. Do they have they really learned, or they just find that you are, you know, that 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 that, that that's a way of doing things? Have they really learned? So that's that's a fundamental question that I guess. The, the supervisor should be in a position to to assess and to know, right? Because we talk about sometimes we always talk about architecture as a tacit knowledge. I said, okay, somehow you look at this thing, 
yeah, the student has done this. Like a sense that he has said no, but but knowledge to me, I think is very subjective and very personal. But if we could translate that tacit knowledge into something that is, I suppose, articulated, could be expressed, could even be translated into, into something objectifiable. Okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to learn and to demonstrate it rather than that sense that, you know, that, that sense of, of, of knowing that you know it. You know, to me, I mean, that's a very kind of a sub subjective kind of a, a, a situation. So, of course, last and foremost, I think each of these supervisors should have some kind of expertise, right? And 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 to to bring to the table. And of course, bring expertise. Uh, this also, I think, to me, in today's context, whereby whereby a lot of uh, uh, I suppose uh, problems that we face in our built environment in cities is is always very complex. And and I also begin to question that can can a, a loan provider uh, be adequate to provide the kind of uh, learning needs and kind of diversity of, of of knowledge that the students need. Whether we should be uh, rethinking of the kind of a studio format in which is it is it run by is it run like a lab with a few people of different expertise leading so that there is a a, a kind of a good mix of a way of looking at things, good way of knowing things, and and, and, a, and a more and a way uh, multidisciplinary, uh, leading to an interdisciplinary kind of a uh, solution uh, in, in some of these uh, problems they face. So maybe I mean, it, it, it your question really leads to this rethinking about about what thesis supervision is about and how the setup uh, should be something to to be considered uh, that 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 could be made relevant for for. For the kind of world we we are in and we'll be in. I think yeah, uh, that probably uh, the way I listen to this and uh, there is a certain standard of uh, critical thinking, uh, which the supervisors in NUS would need to have themselves the expertise, and um, so that you know there will be one or two odd students who didn't really learn how to think and got away with it, but at most would come out with learning how to think. And I like the quote when you said, uh, the mental ability, whatever you throw at him and is able to, he or her, able to formulate. And this sort of, we call it design methodology or something like that, where yep. replicate when they are in... Um, outside i mean after that when they graduate that they you know it's like a lifeboat for them or it's like a, a, a um you know lifesaver for them um if you know being thrown into the ocean of industry that they could actually have this ability to learn how, uh, to to think for themselves because it, it may be so simple uh Surely, university students would need to learn to think for themselves. But they started when they came into the the university, not able to learn, uh, uh, not able to think for themselves, um, and and they learn to think for themselves and be able to uh, to be on their own later and be like I say, um, if you're doing a PhD, if there's a viva. Uh, you are being examined to see whether you can actually be a scholar, meaning you can stand on your own uh, and supervise somebody else. So is that the standard that uh, NUS is trying to have in their graduates? 
Uh, just uh, the conclusion. <laughs> you can do a conclusion after this. Thank you, coming. I I think um, I mean to for for me I I see it as a kind of uh, um kind of life skill. Um, you 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 want to elevate to a PhD level scholarship? Well, I call it a kind of. Um, maybe there are different grades of it, right? Okay, on one end, again, you have your scholar researcher, but I'm I'm talking about life skills in which um, a student could could ask simple questions of what if, you know, uh, what if sounds like a dreamy question, but but after that dreamy question um, leads, if, if if there's this enthusiasm and this motivation, then is that that question leads to a series of I suppose steps of intellectual and critical steps to find out. If that what if is possible, or if it, if it to, and of course that leading if it is it is possible, uh, how should it be made possible? What do I need to do? What do I need to learn? What need what do I need to acquire to make it? Or who do I need to engage? Or who do I need to bring in to make that possible? So it, it is that, that that sort of questioning and also, uh, in a way, strategic thinking and 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 uh, in a way a kind of um a kind of formulating a kind of uh, methods uh to to fulfill the the simple question of what if right i think to me this is a uh, important life skills because it not just deals with project that you are that that could be about the future it could be a project that's about two years time to be ready it could be like i say your own career that you want to reconsider that 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 could be competitive that could be pivoting on your strength so to me, it is a life skills. To me, this is a, a kind of a architectural training. What architectural training can provide that is also relevant across across a scale, right? A scale of individual and a, and a scale of uh, projecting into the future. Okay, I get it. Uh, thank you, Kok Meng. I get it um, that uh, the supervisor guide the students. I mean, especially in design thesis is the sort of the testimony of competence where the, the students are given um, some sort of freedom to actually de uh, to decide yeah, uh, what sort of expertise could help inform on the project. That is part of the, re the whole thing about the research idea of what is research and how research could help with the design. So there's, I, I think that um, in a way, we, we do have that sort of discussion with our students um and sometimes we we try to remind them you know you could do very well with an acoustic expert or you could do very well with talking to a social scientist and so on yeah uh and we hope that they could uh be independent with um with that sort of knowing mm -hmm. that what they went through they could replicate it or approach things in that manner afterwards I could understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. I, think yep, that, I think that that sums up in a way. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Naziati. Thank you so much. Hopefully, one day we will have more of this sort of discussion. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I heard there's a, there's a, this, I mean, I think Tony and, uh, and, and, and we also, they have this, there's this chat, chat platform they are in. Who who's having it again? Uh Huat Lim. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony Liu, and even even we ah. also. Yeah, 
Yes. What is it called? Is it a clubhouse or? or... Did you go into the clubhouse? No, no, no. I thought I've not gone in yet. I, I've it's been quite there. A, yeah. It's quite an active session, I was told. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you can actually hear the recording, actually. If you go to clubhouse, in some of the, they call it the clubhouse. Uh, yeah. There are many, many, many clubhouse. You can, you can get the recording of such sessions. And okay. Uh, we we do have those discussions, and um, the one that I'm continuously discussing uh, is on architecture, education, and practice, and the importance of the design thesis. Oh, okay. Yeah, the focus is on that. It's always been that sentiment uh, all this while, and um, uh, my audience could be also people from uh, who are interested in architecture education themselves. I know for a fact that some of them are from the Lembaga themselves, so mm. I have to make it open and free for them to access. If I if it's interesting because this 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 also raises uh, uh, the I guess you know, the the power of online and also the uh, uh, the imagination of of uh, uh, educational services. I mean, this this is this is what I learned that the the at least in the, within the Chinese market. Uh, they they do have uh, returning students from Ivy League, uh, and and they find that the Chinese uh, the Chinese educational scene is is big and wide, where you have schools of, of different tiers. You know, some some schools are really about practice oriented, and 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 some students in these schools who who wish to apply to uh, overseas to study uh, would want their portfolio or want their own uh, design powers to be to be improved tremendously. So, so they are constantly looking out for a kind of tutor, tu, tuition center, a kind of tuition center in design. So, so they do in in the in the Chinese market. These Ivy League students they set up a kind of a on the net kind of a service in which they do provide things like how do you write a good dissertation, um, even even a studio and a studio platform in which you learn to refine your design so that you are more prepared for an application. Um, they even have lectures and all that. And of course, the branding here is that using uh, learning students with Ivy League backgrounds or any top schools background as a selling point. And and the 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 mode of transaction is interesting. You buy, uh, you buy a ticket, a, a a coupon, a booklet coupon. It could be a few thousand, a few thousand dollars, a few hundred dollars coupon. And with the coupons, you could assess to the different kinds of classes available. It could be a dissertation writing. It could be studio one, studio two, studio three. So, so, so I mean, from a lucrative angle, so you can imagine how money is made. But from from the service providing angle, I mean, you could you could also see how um, these hungry students, hungry in the sense that they they, they really you know, students who want to build a career and, and want to have education uh, could be going on these. You know, wh why I'm raising this is because it it also opened up a a, a kind of uh, ecology of 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 learning and. Uh, uh, I guess uh, educate education uh, opportunity, uh, and and also what I also noticed on on the ground on the living end was interesting because uh, we do get master students from from overseas applying, and I find that in the recent years there is a certain like a certain homogeneity in in the portfolio. It's like it's like the, all the portfolio coming from 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 these countries have have a certain. Um, has a certain way of presenting it so that 
so that the the the, the thought processes, the intellectual inquiry uh, behind the project is being demonstrated, right? And and the way the projects are being uh, uh, represented, uh, it is not just a technical information, but there's a certain storytelling uh, that 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 makes it very persuasive. So it's a very interesting things that's going on uh, on the in, in in the kind of larger scene in which um, educators of all sorts online, uh, yeah. ranging from practitioners to returning students to even I, I can imagine retired professors are really involved in this ecology of its own. So it's an interesting kind of thing where the internet brings about this this uh, kind of uh, ecosystem going on. Yeah. Yes. The, um, you, 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 you mentioned about club room and all that. In a way, these, these things feed us, room, you yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. These things feed us. So, so in, in, on some platform, they, they, they are a lucrative kind of adventure. I think the online uh, platforms allow people from anywhere in the world to come in and listen to what's happening in Malaysia and Singapore and so on. Because they are curious and like 40% to 50% of the audience on talk architecture that I'm doing the podcast come from overseas, from anywhere else, a lot from English-speaking countries. Is your platform uh, free or, or it is it is uh, paid? I, I, I do subscribe to it. Okay, so it's a subscription, okay. Yeah, I, I, I do spend money on it. Um, yeah. so and words, the viewer who wants it needs to subscribe to your podcast. Well, the paid the paid content is I'm just starting some paid content, which is specific to the you know the topic that somebody was interested in getting into the paid content. I started with one to 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 tell uh, to ex explain from my own expertise the difference between um, um, uh, the research dissertation uh, problem statement or problems and design thesis problems, the difference. Because some, for some, I, I think that some uh, academics would like to know the difference because some actually think that it's similar, you know. But of course, that could be in, a bit naive of me, but maybe in, in, in um, you know, uh, internationally, they would, uh, they would engage with this topic differently. So it's just an experiment on my, on my part. But yes, I do pay a subscription to run the podcast. Um, and a lot of people try to justify doing these things in the biggest, bigger, bigger agenda of other things that they do, that they sell in other ways. But what is interesting, I was going to say something that, you know, one of my architecture theory classes that I did during the MCO or the lockdown period. I uploaded in YouTube and there were thousands of viewers, meaning that um, people were interested in, there was a particular session, an hour session, introduction to architecture theory, which is kind of like based on my slides. And I just go on and on and there was a little small me and then people appreciated that. So what I'm trying to say is that it is, uh, a lot of people want to go for, find out free content because mm. there's a lot of content out there and you can talk about artificial intelligence or so, uh, mm. yeah. and all these yeah. issues around uh, learning architecture through chat GPT as well. But um, chat GPT is limited in terms of some topics. I tried mm. it myself to see how, how much 
detail. It can be, it's not that detail, but architecture is a very specialized course. As a broad course, it's still specialized. It is, it is. <laughs> in fact, in fact uh, yeah, in fact, someone, uh, my colleague was doing doing a, a, a chat GBT sort of a keen to, I think, about Lim Chong Kiet. So, 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 of course, the huh. piece is very little. So, so it came back quite quite fantastic CV that he has designed the National Theatre, he has designed the, the pub housing and and a whole lot of things, you know. So so sometimes yeah. chat GPT could, could get things wrong in a sense. It, chat GPT, if it's correct, you can use it, the basic ones. Yeah. Uh, the basic, uh, like a rudimentary sort of base. But you would know whether it's right or wrong, you yeah. know. That's why that's why it is it is like a research associate, basically. The chat GPT is a research associate, but but you as the user should do should have a bit of a grounding or at least should have a means of verifying. Right? As a research associate, it brings in, it plows in the link, right? So you have a look at it and then I think you look at a critical eye, whether whether to what extent this is real, to what extent this is useful, or to what extent this is insightful. I think I think that's that's a due diligence. It is a fantastic um research associate. Yes, it is. So we had uh, almost an hour together on <laughs> on our past our 40 minutes extra. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm gonna stop recording now. Thank you for okay. all for listening and okay. see each other in a different episode. Thank you.